2: Welcome to Deep Discussion's Live and Learn podcast. I'm your host and life skills coach, Walter Williams. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you as always for your continued support of Deep Discussion's mission to inspire a better tomorrow. Today, I'm honored to have uh, my special guest today, uh, Nicole Williams, who has done uh, an incredible amount of things uh, in her career. She started off as a teacher. Um, Then, you know, found her passion elsewhere and decided to transition into filmmaking, writing, you know, everything that you can think of. But, you know, I don't want to give the whole thing away. I'm going to let her share more about her background and her story. But um, it is an incredible honor to have her on today. Um, But as usual, you know, I like to start each episode off with a poem. And this poem is tailored towards our conversation today. And this poem I wrote is entitled Unfinished. This isn't the last As it shall pass, as it too shall pass. More work to do. He's not finished with you. It's not a marathon nor a sprint. Are you getting the hint? A voice comes about, leaving little to no doubt. What will you do with his command? Met with objection, will you withstand? God's calling bear hope, the eye can't see. Let your faith stand firm like a tree. Your work is everlasting, stops along the way. In his image, you're commissioned every single day. No matter how far you reach out your hand, you're never removed from God's command. And that poem I wrote was entitled uh, about God's work is always uh, is a, always a continuing process. His work with you is everlasting. And you'll find out more about that today as uh, Nicole shares her story. And um, thank you so much again for joining us joining my uh, podcast. Um, I'm incredibly grateful that you took the time and uh, decided to be a guest on here today. So to start off, tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, including where you're from, uh, where you studied if you went to school, and you know something unique about yourself.
3: Well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's such a pleasure. And I, okay, you said about three different things. You said about myself <laughs> and where I've studied and then a uh, fun fact, I don't even know. Let me start with um, where I studied. That might be the easiest thing right now. Um, as far as undergrad, I um, graduated from Prairie View a and University, which is a HBCU. I graduated um, with a BA in Mass Communications Broadcast and a minor in English. Um, I had also, before that, um, graduated from a high school media academy. Uh, and broadcast. So that was really my focus. And I also am certified in, as you mentioned earlier, teaching English language arts. uh, It's my specialty. And I also got certified in 2017 to plan international weddings and events. And that's aligned with my company that I started that year. And it has evolved quite a bit since then and even before. And then last but not least, um, my focus was, um, earning an MFA in screenwriting. So that was 2020. And, um, I got that from Houston Baptist university, uh, which is now Houston Christian university. They went through a transformation, uh, after I graduated. So I still say HBU (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you know, I guess when you say something about myself, well, I am a cat mom, and I'm trying to make sure he doesn't jump in the screen. Francis, are you going to operate, cooperate with us? Be good, okay. <laughs> he normally is okay, so he seems like he's all right. But I'm, he knows when I'm sitting in front of a computer, please be on your best behavior. Um, that could be a fun fact uh, about myself. Is that what you said? Yeah, well, some, are
2: you uh, one personal unique thing about yourself. So that's fine. Okay, that's the personal Okay. Well, if you want to share anything else, feel free to do so.
3: So I I guess I've just been storytelling since I was three years old. Um, Funny story with that is I was so immersed with that and people telling me stories. And um, before I could even read, I was flipping through a book uh, with my great grandfather who had visited. Uh, He was from East Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas. Uh, he came to visit my, his his eldest daughter at that time was my grandmother. May she rest in peace, both of them, actually. And I was flipping through a little kid's book. And I guess I was just explaining or telling a story, like oral tradition. Uh, and he went back to town and he was telling everybody, he called me a boy for one. And he was like, he is, smart. <laughs> <laughs> he is smart. He can read, you know, and they're like, oh, really a three? <laughs> and Yeah. Him, that's him is smart. And it's so crazy. Like the story came back to me through a cousin. And whenever I visit, they tell me. One thing about my East Texas family, they always know these stories and they repeat them and repeat them. And so that's the story about me. So it, it must've been something very um, early on that was, you know, fascinating to me. Just, you know, keeping stories. So I don't know what story I was telling him. have no idea, but he loved it.
2: So I loved it too. Well, you know, they say things do come full circle sometimes. So look at where you are today (laughs) compared to, you know, in relations to what happened when you were three years old. Um, Right. So uh, as many of my uh, listeners and uh, followers know, again, I'm a life skills coach. um, And, you know, there could be multiple life skills that we can touch upon today. But one that really stood out to me was your resilience, you know, with all that you've been through and endured. Um, in your journey, you know, what do you feel tailored, tailor made you, or you know, I guess, um, what do you appreciate most about who you became and what you know you experienced in your journey, and how can you use that to inspire and encourage others and neighbors?
3: I think um, it really stems from having a faith, and uh, for me, God, uh, Christianity, my faith has really been something I'm happy to uh, still hold on to and like how it came about it wasn't so early as I want to say middle school I started making it more personal you know yes I attend a church with family members but when you make it personal for yourself I think that's when you'll start to see uh, things fall into place and it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through anything just because you're trying to be obedient or trying to you know And you make different sacrifices along the way to say, of course. But I do feel that there's a piece that comes with uh, without understanding when that's um, something that you've decided to do. And so I remember challenges, yes, um, as early as I can remember. You know, I was always having to face a lot of death. I lost a lot of people in my family early on. Um, just from different sides. And so just knowing that life was not going to last forever and ever, I was really hit with that reality early on and it did shape, you know, how I move and there's an urgency to do things that I know most, most of the time people want to put off. It's more like, no, I need to do this. And, um, that has been something a lot of people ask me about, like, you know, you're doing so much or you've done so much how are you able to do so much? That's something I get quite a bit, but it really stems from knowing like, you know, life is short, you know, and I want to make the most of this time that I have, because I do see it as a gift. Um, when you talk about challenges, yes, I've been through different ones, different seasons all throughout. So as early as, um, just dealing with death and and losing, like, you know, my grandmother was really hard when she, um, past, she was um, dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's and things of that nature. So we dealt with that for a a decade. She had lingered with that. So she wasn't herself for quite a bit of time. And, you know, she was a pivotal person in my my life. And also, even though I didn't have a relationship with my father, I did lose my father uh, when I was in the sixth grade. So that was already, you know, a situation cut off. So it wasn't going to be any more of that uh, even after. Um, And then just cousins um, on certain sides for different health challenges and, and things like that. Um, and then so with dealing with that and fearing death, especially early on when you're a kid and you don't really know what what's going on, um, I had to get through that. And I got through that with school. I really didn't think about death as much when I was going to school. I felt uh, a relief and I was just able to focus on my studies. And this is elementary, you know, so it was just such a relief to be there, and and then when I would get home, I would kind of be reminded of, you know, the reality of that. So that's where the storytelling came into play, and that's what's been able to help me living in two worlds. The real world that seemed very bleak at times and very real and very gloomy and very, you know, unsatisfying. I had this other world that I would really tap into, and I was only a child for 15 years, so I needed to have something. <laughs> you know, to kind of carry on during uh, those years. But fast forward, I've I've survived um, a lot of different things like health challenges. I've survived issues, um, you know, just with being a homeowner and, and just kind of going through being by myself for so long and, and inflation and things of that nature and being out of work at one time, you know, and just wondering if I would be able to keep my house, you know, these types of things. Um and by the grace of God, he would always allow and provide, um, in the most dire times in the most, um, you know, scary times and just, you know, those are just some of the things that pop up, but yeah, been through divorce and that, um, and those types of things. So yeah, it, you know, God, once again, um, helped me really reclaim, um, what was mine to be- begin with really. Wow.
2: You can still hear me, right? 'Cause I was having some okay because I was having some microphone issues while you were talking. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean to say you endured a lot would be like a total understatement actually, and would almost be like do you a disservice based on what you just shared. And I'm sure a lot of people that are watching and listening can relate to a lot of the things that you shared that you've overcome. So, you know, that's a, you know, a good piece of inspiration to inspire people to, you know, not allow their circumstances to defeat them. Um and when you mentioned the thing about your grandmother passing away with dementia, um, my wife's grandmother is actually, you know, God rest her soul pretty much get ready to pass away from dementia. So, you know, she's like in her last days and, you know, her and her mother is really taking it hard right now. So, um, you know, so when you said that, it kind of struck a nerve when you shared that for me. Um, but you know, to, you know, kind of like transition to something a little bit more, like, I guess, a little bit more cheerful, but not not as much. Um, Currently, you know, there's a huge actor strike going on, as we know. Um, And, you know, some people are saying like, they're, I guess they're nervous or worried about the use of artificial intelligence, and the impact that it will have on streaming services and all of that stuff. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, how, how have you, I guess, how have you um, adjusted to that, how have you like thought about that, and you know, contextualize that whole situation?
3: Well, although I'm not an actor, people always mistake me for one. Um, you know, just I in guess passing, I just
2: did. <laughs> in
3: LA, in La people always like think of that. I was more behind the scenes, um, and although I'm not in WGA, I have friends who are in both, and I stand w- in support of them. I stand in solidarity with them because I am a documentary filmmaker, we don't have a union and we're um, definitely, like I walked the, you know, picket line with um, friends of WGA because that was first, right? So early on, I want to say in June, they had been already striking for like two months uh, or at least a month and a half when I was um, able to, you know, actually stand in support. Uh, And then as the actors have reach their, not agreement, but since they are now striking, um, spend maybe a couple of weeks now with them, I'm hoping that it will speed up the process of resolution because um, I think sometimes people forget about the writers. Anything that's behind the scenes can be easily, not not that it's supposed to be, but when you're dealing with greed and fighting greed, uh, a lot of times when you're unseen, you're easier to, you know, just kind of be taken advantage of. And so I've seen firsthand, you know, how that happens as a writer and as a filmmaker. Um, I have more sometimes of a voice as a filmmaker than I do as a writer, uh, because I know how it feels to not always get um, compensated for stuff that people have been able to benefit from that you've written. And, um, And that's even when you're protecting yourself. That can happen. So, um, yeah, AI is nothing new, but the way that it is being positioned, we have to be very careful because it is now threatening, um, more of the future. If it's already threatening the present, it's threatening more of the future of how things can be done in every field, actually, not just in entertainment. But right now, it's really great to see people standing up for what they not only believe in, but ethical situations because, um, AI I've known just from different people, like even makeup artists, um, even when they work with background actors or even leading people, they get scanned in. The actors get scanned in, so their their likeness uh, can be utilized, and and people are fighting to make sure that it is being you know utilized correctly because once they have you scanned in, they could use you without paying you after the fact. That's one thing, and then AI is. Also- also threatening writer's room. So where you have human beings actually coming up with stories and bonding over certain things, streaming has changed quite a bit. That's a whole different thing. But yeah, AI could be replacing writers, right? And then we have this other aspects of streaming uh, being um, that they're fighting for their residuals for streaming platforms, because those numbers are not calculated the same as on network TV, or even cable TV, where they can get Some type of compensation for the work that they've done so it's very serious it's um also threatening other fields and other jobs and it's just really good to be informed and and just find ways to uh, not just let things happen but really put your foot down and and that's
2: a beautiful thing to see right now wow yeah i definitely learned a lot from what you just shared i never knew anything about the whole actors being screened in or being you know like somehow, like somehow they're able to like filter them in without them being there that I would have never even thought of. So, you know, you're definitely giving me a lot of knowledge that I had no idea about. Um, so the next question is a two part question. And this is, you know, centered around the film that you did 365 days in LA. Um, So share with us a little bit about that film and what went behind it and what do you want people walking away from the film feeling and thinking?
3: Okay, so 365 Days in LA. Um, I Actually, it's about me. It's a documentary film. It's a mini doc. So it's running about 29 minutes and it's basically sharing the tale of me being a teacher first, and halting um, that career due to some health issues that I en- endured during COVID, during the pandemic. And um, it's also about like resetting the mind, the body, and the soul. So making this leap of faith and moving um, cross country to a city I had never lived in, which is Los Angeles, and specifically focused on Hollywood, wanting to write for television was something that you know, I wanted to do for so long. Everybody told me, if you want to do that, you're going to have to move to LA. You're going to have to move from Houston. And I never wanted to do that. And so during that time of feeling like your life is flashing before your eyes, that's when I made the move. Because like I said earlier, it triggered some things in me, like don't put off anything, especially if you have an opportunity. And at that time I was making the opportunity. And so it's about really just, um, banking on yourself. It's about um, putting yourself on. We always are waiting for people to uh, discover us and things of that nature. And that has never been my life. I've always, when I had a creative inkling, it's always been, let me figure out a way to uh, put it out there in the universe. And so the film came about uh, last year when I was commemorating my first year living there. And uh, I had at first thought about doing like a photo shoot, but then I was like, you know what? This is kind of funny. I actually have, you know, footage to maybe do, you know, a pilot or a smaller piece and maybe I'll do the rest of them later. And so um, behind the scenes, what I did was at the start of March last year, I had gotten accepted into um, a TV writing program. So that made me really feel good about staying because I always kind of in the back of my mind, wanted to return um, back to my hometown and just kind of, had worked in television um, while there uh, for three different specials uh, for Unsung on TV One. And I had also done um, some work with Big Brother, a reality TV show. And so I kind of was like, well, you know, I actually did with unscripted work, really fulfill a dream for myself. Yes, I want to write creatively and get my stuff out there on TV but I also am a money person and I'm like, this is a very expensive city and I know how much I came with and I want to leave with something too. And I don't want, you know, I I look at homeless people all the time in LA and I just think about their stories and I'm like, I know that they did not think that they were going to be homeless at, you know, just nobody signs up for that. But when you are, I'm a budget person. And when I'm looking at, you know, inflation of gas prices. I'm looking at rent. I had negotiated a really good uh, deal just to stay there because I was only going to be there for three months, really. And God is so good. He allowed for me to find work and I was able to extend my stay, but I was on a month to month rent um, agreement. And that's unheard of to some extent there. So Make a long story short. I was just happy to have lived there. You know, I'd say longer than a month, longer than a year. But at that point in time, the year was when I decided to make make that film.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice
0: dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
3: So behind the scenes, what I did was I knew that I would cover four seasons of being there. I knew I also wanted to end on a note of giving people hope. Um, And I'll leave that for them to see. They can see it on um, Aspire TV, uh, which is Magic Johnson's um, channel. And it's Up TV as well. So it'll be planned for the next two years. It was a three-year Uh, deal. So it'll be um, able to be seen at least uh, for the next uh, two years now, since it's been out for coming up, it's coming up on a year because it premiered in September. So yeah. um, I basically didn't have to cast for anything because it was a documentary. So it's based on, you know, life. What I did do is I reached out to certain individuals because it was like during a pandemic, So I wanted to use footage from past, you know, situations. I was able to do that. Um, I also found my team um, and I actually, you know, put out some information online so I could, you know, be able to interview uh, a lot of people. Actually, it was about 200 applications that came in to work for the crew aspect of it. And so I was able to narrow that down to, like top 20 overall for the small crew. And I wanted it to be a skeleton crew for a reason and just based on past experiences. And so um, I picked people who I knew understood how to maximize our time because it was just a two day shoot with them uh, with adding some new stuff because I already had the archives ready to, you know, overlay with, you know, or just, just kind of merge both of them into the, actual film so i was really happy to work with um an awesome dp and awesome um we could say even he was a, more of a cinematographer um also a photographer and a pa and kept it that small it was literally that small and that's how i really needed it to be i led with that and made sure it was people who understood how small it was going to be and we were going to make it happen because sometimes when i feel like things get too big uh, you can lose sight of some things because it is such a small um, production. Uh, it's a small budget and, but it's a mighty message. So if anything, I want people to leave with the idea of it's never too late to dream. It's never too late to handle your business. Uh, and really dreams don't die. Don't let them die. You know, something of that nature. And it feels like it's another thing too. I've heard from other people, but um yeah. Just don't let fear stop you, you know, embrace, embrace um, what's calling you. Embrace what's calling you.
2: Wow. OK. Well, yeah, I'll, I'm glad you actually mentioned uh, where is uh, where we can find it at, because I, that was going to be my next question. Um, but what I do want to say, too, is one of the points you made about when you moved to um, when you moved to L.A., you got accepted and you said it was an academy.
3: Oh, yeah. When I moved to LA, I was actually still in an MFA program. So that's when I was earning uh, that with screenwriting. But when I made a year, I was kind of like, oh, it may be time to go home, you know, (laughs) come to Houston. And then I got accepted into Athena Film Festival. It's New York Athena Film Festival has a TV um, writers program. And so um, that was what was like March 15th, I would have to be, you know, there. And so that was really encouraging because that's what I was really there for. So just to see that somebody saw something in my writing, they picked um a script that was called Yellow Cloud. And I have been working on that uh, quite a bit. And it was something very, I want to say close to my heart because all of the writing is, but that was something that we workshopped during that particular program.
2: Okay. Yeah, because like what that, I guess what that uh recall for me was like, and this is my situation obviously isn't as grand as what you just shared, but I remember when my wife and I, I've been pretty much living in Baltimore, Maryland. My I was born and raised, lived there my whole life. And my wife and I had decided to move to Harford County because she's from Cecil, which is like on the other side, and Harford County is like right in the middle. But she's more familiar with this county than I am, and I'm just like, this is a whole nother world for me, and it took a while for me to get comfortable. But once I started joining a bowling league, which is one of my one of my biggest hobbies, I felt more comfortable and more acclimated, so that idea of like joining and finding something to be accepted into when you're in a world that's unfamiliar is really important, so I guess a um, bit of advice or wisdom to share from that from that part of your story is. If you're in an area where you don't feel comfortable or you're not familiar, find something that you are familiar with. Find a group, a club, or something to get involved in that area. And it'll really, it really helps you get more comfortable with where you are and appreciate um certain things about an area that you're not familiar with. So that kind of like I guess kind of went in the back of my head as you were explaining that story. Um so then uh so we got two more questions here. Uh the set the um the next question is you've written quite a few books of them which is your favorite and why
3: you make me choose uh, among my babies no (laughs) i'm just playing i like for different reasons for different reasons i cannot say one is my favorite you know okay um but i i can say the first one is always going to be special because it, it was my first you know And I think of Tangle Web of True Love Tales. It introduces like seven women who represent the seven daily sins, And they all are intertwined in this um, cautionary tale. I think that was special because that might have been the one that I put when I say, oh, my God, so much research. And not even research. It's like when you know that this is your first, it's like you just pull from all these different I had so many journals that I cracked open that I've been writing in for, I don't know how long. I just went further out to try to find this story because it was Seven Women. So I was trying to flesh out everybody's situation. I was always in the library and I was pulling books on spiders because I wanted to really make that symbol very clear when you're talking about a web. It's like, I was just going so extreme. And then I looked at old journal entries because I wanted to pull in stuff that happened uh, during storms. The storms uh, in Houston, the floods are really bad and hurricanes are really, you know, infamous there. So I was looking at archives that I had kept, you know, I don't even get the paper thrown anymore, but I had a bunch of those that I would like read the, uh, you know, what was going on. So it's its own time capsule I feel it's it's really a lot going on with each girl and they each can stand alone and so that was uh, why I think that one is a favorite but all of them are favorites so the second one um, Toxic Ties Trilogy is a favorite because I was able to focus on one of the characters from my first book so Dionne Deval is um, the lead and she is the greedy character and um, I wrote that in 2004 14, the first one I wrote in 2009. So I did take a little bit of time uh, to and just really look at what happened to her in that first book, but add more to why she's like that. Cause she's kind of the villain among friends and something happens to her when she turns 30, which happens to a lot of women. They, they're not really looking forward to 30. So I wanted to exaggerate this idea of like, oh my God, she's about to turn 30. What is good? And so she has a, a party that turns fatal. And so she's just trying to, it's like a murder mystery. She's trying to figure out who basically kicked her down the stairs. She winds up in a pool of blood at the end of the stair, staircase. And uh, she sees her life flash before her eyes. And since she's living in a high tech world with her being into business, not even business, but she's a, a techie. I wanted to exaggerate that point, too, of, like, not only does she, like, not like Scrooge, you know how Scrooge kind of sees what happens to him in, I guess, in form. She's seeing it, like, on a huge screen, like a movie screen, and everything can be rewound and (laughs) fast-forwarded, and so she's like, oh, they thought this about me? Oh, they thought, you know, she's able to see everything she can imagine, and so the question is, will she come back to life since she has a choice? Not everybody does, but she has a choice. But after seeing such grimy stuff, what will it be? And so some other elements there in that book that I love because I was able to try different genres in one. So it's a thriller, has some sci-fi elements to it as well. And so that was really fun to, to kind of deal with a murder mystery as well. So, um, the, Third and fourth ones are nonfiction. So I love that they have been um, the easiest to me. <laughs> like, you know, when you create worlds over here, it's such a relief to be like, oh, this is just based on life, okay? Wow. So um, the third one is Missing Your Life Lessons. And it is my letter to another teacher, basically. So I'm just handing off the lessons I've learned in the classroom personally and professionally. So not only is it saying what I've had to learn to do to be effective over the years, but it's also sharing that these are tried and true lessons that I've given my students that have helped them in um, different ways, you know, because we live in a place where standardized tests are really big in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always one that had really high scores, especially with writing. So I really... um think of that area as something I'm very passionate about. So I try to put all of that in one resource book. And that was an Amazon bestseller. So that says Uh, a lot. The other stuff I I wasn't on Amazon. Thank you. The first ones I was before the Amazon publishing started. So I had other avenues that I was getting my books out in. And so by this time... Uh, the last one, this one is the one I'm touring with. So 35 Love Notes to Self is uh, an affirmations book. So it's super small. So it can fit in your purse or pocket from what I've seen with a bunch <laughs> of guys. just in their pocket. God. I'm like, oh, man, it works. It works. Um, but originally I wrote it for women. But it's been interesting to see that a lot of guys are doing some inner work. And I, um, during some t- tough times, during my divorce, I was writing this to myself. And so I, I was 35 at the time. And so that's why the, the title came about. And I give you an affirmation per day. And then I give you where, like on this side, you can see I've written on this because it's a journal part. So you'll just write um, a note to yourself on the other side that stems from the affirmation. So um, I have been touring with that. So that's been special because all the other, the Miss Live for Life lessons I launched that during the pandemic so I'm glad it did well um but I didn't have a uh, it was like we were sitting on zoom and that worked I mean it worked out so that was my launch and this one I've been able to tour uh five cities that I just love so I've been to so I'm at the last leg of it so been to I launched it in Houston then I went to LA New Orleans just left Atlanta and I'm about to go to New York. So really excited about how this book is allowed that.
2: Oh wow. Well, congratulations. You're you're doing a lot of phenomenal things and have done a lot of phenomenal things and will continue to do so. Um what I will say too is it was very interesting learning how a writer's mind worked, especially, you know, when you when you did fiction and nonfiction. Um because I'm a lot like the latter the, fic- the non fiction stuff you know I wrote a life skills book, so i can't i can't even like begin to imagine how I would do in fiction i probably i probably uh i probably fail miserably let's just say that so it
3: what's the name of your book
2: so um my life skills book is pretty much called the life skills handbook um at first, I called it uh life is what you make it, but I felt like that was too long. So I just changed it to Deep Discussions Life Skills Handbook. So, um,
3: Congrats to you too.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I'm not a bestseller, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's just my way of giving back. You know, I'm not like looking to like get high accolades or anything like that. It's just my way of using the gifts that God gave me and, you know, giving it back to the community and giving it back to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So what that about? So uh, the last thing is just, you know, tell the listeners how they could get connected with you, how they could learn more about you. And, you know, if somebody wants to, you know, become a follower, a fan or a subscriber of Nicole Williams, how can they do so?
3: Oh, thanks. Um, I would say the most reliable places would be my websites, um, because they have links to all the social media stuff. Um, so I'll give my business one and my writer one uh the business one is eclecticallyu.com and the um writer one is my first and last name and it's mecolewilliams.com so it's m is a mary i c o l e williams.com so those two um have links to my instagram which is under both names a name in the Eclectically You, but it's Experience. uh, It's the full name of the company. So yeah, the company's name is Eclectically You Experience. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. And under the other one, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook too. And um, I do have a YouTube where I put some of the stuff from my films and the web series from years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Really a long It's on there. I kind of take it on. I take it down and then I put it back there. Take it down. It's on there right now. We'll see how I feel. better hurry up and get it while the
2: getting is good then, huh? All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, You know, that was that was some very fascinating stuff you shared there. It was um, it was really fun and interesting getting to learn more about you, about your background and everything. So um, What we will do now is transition to the next segment of the show and it's called Spiritual Relief. Um, And in this segment, um, I share uh, a few Bible verses um, or a Bible verse, but it's uh, Revelations chapter three, verses one through three. And uh, this verse reads, write this to the angel of the church in the city of Sardis. I hope I pronounced that right. (laughs) The one who has the seven spirits of God And the seven stars says this, I know what you are doing. I know people think you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up, make stronger what you have before it dies. I have not found your work complete in God's sight. So remember what you have received and heard. Keep it, be sorry for your sins and turn from them. If you will not wake up, I will come as a robber. You will not know at what time I will come. And the two thoughts that I have from from, uh, that scripture is God has a plan for you. And sometimes that plan consists of assignments that are seasonal. When you are feeling some sense of dissatisfaction in a certain space, ask God to guide your steps and help you find his voice in it. And lastly, external forces identify you, but does not have to be what you self-proclaim. What's the... What is I'm sorry. What's God's in, what's in God's image will never leave you feeling left out, abandoned, or discouraged. When we are troubled and find our face in adverse situations, at times it is because we are not hearing God's voice loud and clear enough. And and it's funny that you know I'm re- as I'm reading those verses, I just went through um, a very adverse circumstance in the workplace, and I felt like that really spoke to me. Um, So learning your story and going through what I went through, you know, really kind of like really capitulated to me putting this, uh, putting this show together. So I guess God sent you just in time uh, to help uh, share that story or share that experience and, you know, inspire others who listen and uh, follow both you and myself. Um, So did you want to give any thoughts to that? Um, If not, we can transition to the next segment.
3: Well. Once again, thank you so much for having me. And that was a powerful scripture. I I really can um, relate to it because seasons are a very um, important thing to note. Since we evolve and change so much, we have to be aware and sensitive to what we're supposed to be doing and what's supposed to be happening during that specific time. So wonderful, wonderful and powerful choice. And yeah, I just want to encourage people to, um, yeah, ask God for your assignment within that season. And I'm sure he will find ways to get you the answer and confirmation, especially if we choose to specifically ask.
2: Thank you so much for that insight. Um, You know, I'm sure someone will hear that um, and it'll click into them and it'll, inspire them to you know inspire them to be better in their situation and to see things in a different light because that's one of the things that my platform is all about getting people to understand and be open-minded to what what life is trying to share with them and what life is trying to give them well again I thank you so much again for being um a, a guest on deep discussions letting and learn podcast um thank you all for your continued support and uh continuing to uh to help me inspire a better tomorrow. Thank you, Nicole, for also helping to hopefully inspire a better tomorrow. I'm hoping that's what we're doing. Um, and uh, as you know, you can uh, visit my website at deepdiscussion.org. And if you wanna contact me, if you'd like to be a guest or uh, you know become partners in some capacity, you can email me at beinspired@deepdiscussion.org at or you can call me at 443-916. And as Nicole shared earlier, you can reach out to her on her website. What was it? Eclecticallyyou.com. And also, she also has her name, NicoleWilliams.com as well. Um, Thanks again for being a guest on the show. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Sounds great. Bye, guys. Take care.